real first uh, experience I had with like a real incident was uh, it was a motor vehicle accident and it was on a major highway and an 18 wheeler overcorrected. And I would say it was like a Honda Civic or a Hyundai small car got stuck under the, the 18 wheeler and he didn't realize it for, you know, probably a mile. So when we got there, the car was sideways. There was one woman in the car and it was just before the back tires and the car was sideways. And if he went another quarter mile, the, the car would have probably went under the back tires. Hi there, you're listening to On The Rise. My name's Chris Jones and welcome to episode six. This week, we're talking to Tom Longo, a firefighter in the White Plains Fire Department in Westchester County, New York. We speak to Tom about his training, what it means to be a firefighter promoting public safety in America right now, and what he's learned so far in his journey. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Early on, I was working, you know, just out of high school. You know, you work in camps in the summer and stuff like that. And I really wanted to uh, work, you know, into teaching. Uh, me and Ty actually worked together at that camp of probably like two or three years. But uh, Mohawk. I, yeah, Camp Mohawk. Shout out. And I was, uh, I started working over probably like two towns over uh, with uh, special needs kids. And that was out in range like fourth, fifth and sixth grade. And I really was passionate about that. You know, it was very like rewarding and it's real nice, you know, seeing, I just always loved working with kids. It was just their day to day and the things they value are so like on the uh, like first level, you know, they're not thinking too far ahead or, you know, some kids can be sort of pains, Ty knows. Um, but then how I got into firefighting, it's really goes back probably two or three generations. And that's with a lot of, I would say people in, you know, public safety, uh, police, fire, EMS, you know, I have, my brother is a New York state trooper. My father was a fireman. My cousin's a uh, police officer. My other cousin is, a, it works in EMS. So it's kind of, it's real, you know, com family camaraderie and stuff like that. And even my grandfather was a firefighter in the city. I'm actually a firefighter in now. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's really just, it's like goes back generations if you're, if you're really getting into it. And it was almost like a, like a rite of like passage, like a duty. I felt like I had to at least dip my foot in going towards, you know, growing up and like a right. Yeah. Like I said, like a rite of passage and, you know, I really did. So the way it works is it's about a two year process. I know all over the world, it's different. Uh, whether it's taking, you take a written test, which is usually just your basic like math and sciences. Uh, it's not the hardest test. And if you pass that, you go on to a physical exam. And the, our process is the physical exam would be six timed events. And at the time, me and Ty were actually doing uh, a lot of working out together. We were doing CrossFit. So these like basically thinking timed events, like that's what we love to do every day, just compete. And that goes back to even like high school, 
you know, we were actually just talking about this yesterday, competing, you know, times uh, for different type of workouts and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I viewed like the test as it was almost like, you know, I, I had no problem training and uh, getting ready for that. And you have your scores built up, built up off these six events, you have, you know, your place. So it'd be one out of 500 and you're either ranked first, second, third, and they usually get uh, through the hiring process to about in range 20 to 30s in numbers because the list lasts four years. And, you know, I was lucky enough to score well and get hired probably three years after I actually took the uh, physical exam. And I know in different parts of the world, though, it's a lot different because when you get hired where I am, you get placed into a fire academy. And that's basically, you know, a military s you know, 16 weeks, waking up at 6 a.m. Someone's yelling at you till 8 a.m. working out. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really what you see, like, you know, on movies and stuff like that. And then, you know, you're doing your training. You do a lot of classroom. There's mm -hmm. a lot of required classroom hours. And uh, that's for about 16 to 18 weeks. And then they put you uh, right into what they call a group, which is your normal schedule. Cause we have a, a rotating schedule of 24 hour shifts. Mm -hmm. But I know in, in certain areas, like I know in California, you have to uh, pay to take the uh, like Academy. Okay. And then you, then you apply to different jobs. I know it's like that in Connecticut too. Then you apply to different jobs. So it's more like a, like I've, I would consider that more of a normal job process. I, I almost like yeah, that way yeah. a little better. Better. Yeah. Cause it's almost like you're, um, you know, getting involved with the sort of training um, first and sort of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, buying your way in would be the wrong way to put it, but, you know, investing in your training, it would be different to how you're doing it in, in your city perhaps. Yeah. And I think you get in that through that process, you almost get better candidates because mm. like you said, you get the people that put in the work before, you know, they're getting hired or getting paid to do something. They're putting in their time, which is just like, you know, going to college and Absolutely. doing a four-year degree or yeah. getting your master's or doctorate, you know, you're putting your time and you're, you're paying your dues before you, you know, get paid and do, do what you love. Absolutely. How would you say that the, like the age range, so when you went into the academy, how old were you? I was 24 when I went in and uh, I was actually the youngest one in my academy, but uh, the oldest guy in our academy was 40 years old, retired, used to work at JP Morgan. Like, you know, you get, it's, it's kind of crazy. You get people from like all walks of life, you know, me going in at 24, right out of college. And there are kids that get hired as early as, you know, 18, 19, which in my opinion, I don't think they're ready to you know, take on a job like that, but that's the way uh, our system is. And, you know, they take a, the benefit from it. But uh, yeah, we had, we, I was in the academy with guys that were, you know, accountants for seven, eight years, guys that worked in finance, guys that had kids that had no, you know, that were delivering pizzas. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, it's actually funny because there's like a, a long running joke between like public safety, you know, like EMS cops and firemen. 
that uh that we kind of have like the best gig because we work uh 24 hour shifts and then we have three days off then a 24 hour shift i mean you get to to sleep and like when you can but uh so the first day they always ask like all right who is a you know who worked in as a paramedic who was a cop before this who worked at uh, you know uh, we had one guy that was actually like secret service you know mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy to think about it but uh you know they just say like all right yeah raise your hand and then when these guys raise their hand they're like all right congratulations you made the right move you know what i mean like it's like a like a long running joke yeah, yeah. so do you remember your first day actually thinking about it thinking back to that time um was it really clear for you or was it really um you know what was that experience like uh first day going in obviously like real nervous you're just getting to know everyone um but they're really trying to like hammer you with you know the whole screaming and yelling and you know you're this is discipline first but i mean that's like that's not me like i would never if i was teaching in an academy or something like that i i'm just not that type of person that could you know try to i wouldn't say try to like break down but you try to weed out the people that like aren't fit for like the job and you know but by lunchtime you know if we do eat lunch because sometimes they uh they would work us through lunch and you know work us from eight to six no breaks you know, if we're doing, even if we're in the, in the classroom, because that's like part of the job after the fact, like you can, you know, as like firemen, when there's a lot of off time, when you're not working, you know, when you're, you know, we're in a house for 24 hours. So you're, you know, you're getting breakfast with the guys, you're eating lunch, but when you do uh, work, it's kind of viewed as like the hardest work people can do because you're, you, you go from zero to 100 and when the tones go off and then you're really 10 minutes of work and you're, you're drenched in sweat, you know, your, your gear is, you could be raining out, your gear is soaked, you're sweating, you could be like freezing. It's all, and we see a lot from EMS calls to uh, motor vehicle accidents and, you know, not just fires and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of aspects of the job that, you know, firefighter doesn't really, you think someone that just goes and battles fires, but there's a lot more to the job. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, you know, you obviously touched on, you know, your close family members um, having a sort of history uh, going into the profession. But, you know, thinking about kind of, you know, think about that aspect of it, like the whole wide ranging kind of opportunities within it. Is this, is, is it sort of how you imagined it as, as a kid or even as a teenager? you know, knowing that, you know, uh, your, your dad and your granddad were going out on, on sort of similar calls. Um, did you think that sort of prepared you more for it as well for the role? Uh, I definitely, I definitely think so. Uh, just more from, like I said, like a schedule, uh, point of view, like, you know, my father and he, every third day, I wouldn't see him for 24 hours. You know, that's, I always just thought that was normal. Um, you know, come, I was growing up, I was, it was me, my mom, and my brother, a lot of the time. Uh, but it's almost like I don't have the, the nerves. Like when I'm, when I, when I would go out on a call and something, there'd be, you know, uh, 
something dangerous or, you know, uh, something that would need our attention right away. I, I wouldn't really get nervous in situations like that. I don't know if that's coming from my father and my grandfather, but it's, it's really just like, mm. it's almost, okay, what can I, you're here at the situation. What can you do to, you didn't create the situation. So what can you do to make it better? You know, it's not always about trying to be the guy that saves the day. Cause there's so many, when you show up at a scene, there's so many people there to help. There's cops, there's EMS mm. that, you know, there's your lieutenants, there's your superiors. And you're just trying to do one little thing to help, you know, to help the situation. And if everyone's doing one little thing, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a time of like a time effective thing too, because you're working against the clock a lot of the time. Do you and, remember uh, what it was like when you went out on your first call? Because I, as far as I understand, you could be going out for any sort of thing, a car accident, an actual fire, any, anything really. Do you remember the first call or the first, within the first few months, what was the most exciting call and how that felt? I mean, the most, the, the one that sticks with me, that's like the first call that I ever went to that really, that I remember. I mean, you go to a lot of, there are also a lot of false alarms. So my first few calls for, couple of days were false alarms but uh and during those false alarms your lieutenant is usually just training you like all right this is what you would bring if this was if you showed up and this is what was going on this is what you would take off the truck the engine if you know this is what was needed but the real first uh experience i had with like a real incident was uh it was a motor vehicle accident and it was on a major highway and an 18 wheeler overcorrected and I would say it was like a Honda Civic or a Hyundai small car got stuck under the, the 18 wheeler and he didn't realize it for, you know, probably a mile. So when we got there, the car was sideways underneath the, the 18 wheeler. And it was just, it's crazy because you show up to some things and you hear about some stories that guys tell you in the firehouse. And it's almost like if he went another quarter mile, the, the car would have probably went under the back tires, but, people were honking at him. And when he pulled over on the side of the road, he was actually the one who called, you know, uh, for help. And there was one woman in the car and it was just before the back tires and the car was sideways and it, it's scary to show up on, but a lot of the guys, and you know, I was young on the job. So a lot of the guys showing up were, you know, just tell me, all right, go get the back backboard, go get the uh, AED EMS and you just bring it to the scene. And I wasn't really doing anything beyond that. You know, they, they had so much more experience, the lieutenants and people that have had 15, 20 years, even 30 years in the fire service or the EMTs, they're showing up and they're doing a lot of the, I would say, educated work on what's going on at the situation. And, you know, you're just taking it in like, uh, they were in my shoes once and I will eventually be in their shoes. So I was just, you know, trying to whatever they needed. And it's really just about listening in those situations. And that's what I was there to do. So I was learning and listening and whatever they needed, I was there for. Uh, they actually did get the, the woman out and uh, they put her on her backboard and took her to the hospital. And she, she had obviously some major injuries, but she was okay at the end of it all. And you know, sometimes you, you hear about the person was okay. And then sometimes, you know, my brother is a, a state trooper and he was, he was telling me about a situation he had about two weeks ago where 
an older gentleman was going the opposite way on another major highway, got an accident and he showed up and the guy was fine. You know, he was okay. And then he got a call at 4 a.m. that morning saying, and the guy went back to the hospital, he ended up dying from internal bleeding. And like, it shocks you because you show up and you think, you know, the guy's out of the car, he's talking to me, he's okay. There's a lot of damage, but you're like, all right, just thank God that this person's all right. And then, you know, for him to get that call, it was just like, and he's still got to do four more hours of, of shift work. So it's like, you know, you got to put that right behind you and be like, all right, I'm still technically on duty. Yeah. So, I mean, the motor vehicle accidents are really, are really what kind of stick with a lot of guys I've noticed just Mm. talking, you know, at the dinner table, I was actually at a uh, training seminar last night and uh, it was about mental health awareness and safety with guys in the, in the fire department, because we had that all set up in place. And they were talking about how, you know, the stigma with it is, you know, you're, you're technically, and this is with the fire department. And, you know, you're, if you're talking about something, it's, you know, and it's, it's like a sign of weakness and stuff like that, but it's really not. And they were Absolutely. basically, yeah, giving us the symptoms and signs to notice with, with our guys, like, you know, if they're going through something, you know, say something, if they, you know, just don't, it's not, it's more than a place of work to an extent because of what you see. I think that's actually really important what you were saying about, um, you know, mental health and, and keeping on top of it and, and kind of, I, I totally get w- with what you're saying about, um, you know, going to a job and, you know, from your point of view, you, you've gone there and you've, you've seen the accident, the, the incident or, or whatever it might be. And then, you know, you've done everything you can at the scene and then it's almost like, okay, on to the next thing. Um, you know, is there any time to sort of process that? Or is it literally just like, okay, I'm going to go on to the next job. And, you know, I've got my team behind me. And, um, you know, it, we're, we're all here for each other. We're all part of this team. It, it, is there any sort of time to process that? Um, what are your thoughts on that? We do have uh, policies that, like we have technically, it's called a, a rehab policy for right after there's a a major situation uh we come back to the firehouse and our lieutenants and you know whether it's a chief or a captain they sit down they talk with the guys that were just there and you're uh because not every every engine and truck is in the city is going to every call so you know they'll put that group that was there at a service and they'll you know go talk to them and give them kind of like an hour, an hour and a half to uh, process mm. what just happened and what's going on. And, you know, cause you may go to something and you may get hurt, but the adrenaline's running and then you get back. And next thing you know, like, you know, my, my knee, my shoulder, you know what I mean? So like, they don't yeah. want you to just yeah. come back and next thing, you, and next thing, you know, all right, now there's another call coming in. You're so exhausted. You're, you have pain that you didn't know you had before and uh, mentally or physically. And you're going to something and you're, you know, you're not there. You know what I mean? So they don't want to put, and that's for like the public safety too, obviously, you know, they'll let those guys rehab, maybe call guys in uh, that were off duty, put them in service. And sometimes if it's a really uh, bad incident, a really bad fire, they'll uh, send the guys home and be like, listen, you're, we, you might not know it, but we know you're too exhausted to, mm-hmm. to do if there's something more that, significant that was to happen in another you know two hours your, your body just can't recover like that 
and you know we have a lot of uh older gentlemen on the on the fire service into their 50s and even some 60s and you know what i mean that the guys that are 20 early 30s you know they bounce back quicker but you know you a lot of the lieutenants and captains are in their 40s 50s and 60s and that's you know you, you need more time you to, your body doesn't bounce back like it used to you said uh the fire department offers a lot of support you know mental health support all that stuff what are other ways i'm sure you know we, we have friends that do all sorts of jobs what are ways that the fire department's supporting you um that you notice would be different with another industry anything that comes to mind um just mainly the uh, camaraderie with the guys. And, uh, you know, they, they, we have uh, avenues of like therapy set up for certain situations, but it's really, we do, we're a union and we do a lot of union events uh, that kind of bring the guys together. And you re they've really become like brothers and okay. just... Yeah, a big time, like a family, like you could talk to them about anything. And uh, I would say even, you know, you don't know someone, you just work with them. It's almost like when you're brought into the fire service, you're brought into like a brotherhood and you're really that brotherhood, that like uh, family atmosphere. You know, if some guy's talking to you that you just met or you're, you're sitting there brand new and these guys are having a conversation, uh, whether it's at night, uh, in, you know, during training hours or, you know, they're having, they're like pouring their hearts out to, to guys. And, you know, the, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the viewed therapy in work, you know, without actually going to seek therapy that is, that's seen from a lot of guys. And uh, the fire service does, the brotherhood does a real good job of helping out their guys. And, uh, all the events that we do, you know, we do uh, from public, like public education details to um, we do a breast cancer uh, awareness. We like t-shirts, raise money. We raise money for uh, autism. We, we raise money for trying to make, like so many causes and we, it's just a lot of outside of work events that help guys, you know, that are in even if you're in a tough time, you don't realize, but just getting up and going to do something with the guys, you know, just getting up and going to, to being able to separate yourself from work and, but be with the same guys. It's like a big, it, it's really, it really is therapeutic in, in a sense. That's great. Really great. Um, is that ever, kind of taught in the, in the training as well I mean it, I mean it might sound like a stupid question but you know it, it, is there ever anything that you learn during that process as well where you think or, or where you're given these sort of tools to sort of cope with these kind of um you know perhaps like traumatic incidents um or anything like that or, or is that something that you just kind of you know pick up on the job that you might get through these you know through the camaraderie uh you're definitely taught uh just cause we have so many, like they tell you about all the policies and they tell you about yeah. uh, what they want. Cause the, it's really what the city has a uh, support system set up for you. But like I said, there's a, there's almost like a, a stigma that like if, if you seek that route, 
your uh it's like a weakness so a lot of guys don't know what that is you know don't and and you know last night when i was at this uh training it's a, a big thing in the fire service is like guys uh seeking you know you seek alcohol you seek other avenues like uh uh they were talking about opioids and just you know whether it's you're having pain whether it's you're having like physical or mental like you, you start to abuse certain things and it was a you know we're together a lot outside of work look for these things see notice the guys that are you know might be n- not having a like a drink because you know we're out just enjoying something you know but like really having pain and seeing you know i'm trying to forget something or i'm trying to put something away and and just look for it well, be like an active participant that's great is there like a, a place that you go to share this like would you sit down with you know one of your colleagues and be like look i see i think you're going through something or is there like uh you know someone in management or a lieutenant or someone that you'd speak to instead um usually you'd go to a lieutenant and uh like if you notice a guy uh you know having issues or just not being himself you can always go to either your lieutenant or his lieutenant and just say you know listen this is what i've noticed if if you notice the same thing you know you're working with him i'm hanging out with him or being around him outside uh is he bringing that into work you know is he you know because you the worst thing you want you can do is you think you notice something and then the guy feels cornered or something like that or he he reacts in the way you don't want him to because not everyone is so uh accepting to help and that's like another thing with you know public service i feel like you know cops and firemen like they you know they want they want to feel like strong and you know, I, I can get through anything. I can do this, you know, this is my job, you know, and I can separate that from life, but you, it, it's a tough thing to do. You know, when you're, when you're going to a scene where they always say the worst thing is when you go somewhere and children are involved and then, you know, this guy has his own children back at home and he's wake, you know, he's waking up in the middle of the night and he's, but he's not telling you these things. So you really got to look out for him. A guy that is at the firehouse and you notice like, every time you work hard, he's not sleeping. You know what I mean? He's just at night, everyone goes, you know, we call it our rack, which is like, we make up a a bed, you know, and you know, he's not, he's sitting downstairs pacing around, you know, always having drinking coffee, you know, just like kind of excluding himself from like certain, you know, even if it's training or even if it's being with all the guys at the dinner table, cooking, you know, cleaning, he's kind of, excluding himself it's it's certain things you got to look out for and if they're noticing that in the firehouse then it's the lieutenant's job to you know go to uh i would say wherever our city has i haven't looked into our what our city provides for us but it's our lieutenant's job to you know let that guy know listen this is what we have if you don't if you don't want to go that route you know we can talk and you just try to help everyone out and it's interesting because it's a little bit different, but you were talking about separation. So you have, you work a shift one day on and then three days off. And I, I know, but like, uh, can you explain a little bit about people having more than one job as just a fireman? You know, people work, they came in as, you know, maybe a secret service, maybe still 
protecting the president on his off days or something. But you talk <laughs> yeah. a little bit about that. I don't know if that happens. I mean, the guy, the the guy I went through the academy with that was actually in the Secret Service. He he doesn't work for our department because you're in in the academy. You're in with a bunch of different departments, getting trained. But I mean, that was crazy when he said, you know, he used to work for the president, and now he's, you know, working for the the, the town of uh, Hartsdale or Greenville or Nurshell, the city of Nurshell. Yeah, just being a fireman. <laughs> I think he took. I think I remember asking him because it was years ago why he made that switch. And he just said, you know, quality of life being, he wanted to start a family, wanted to settle down somewhere. And he said that, that uh, avenue of work, secret service is a little, you know, you're a lot more dependent on, but uh, yeah, guys in our job have, it's, they call it an A and a B job, you know, the fire department's your A job, but since you have three days off, you know, a lot of guys have B jobs. A lot of guys are, uh, whether it's, like we have one guy who's uh, in a high in our union. He's our union accountant, and he's actually, you know, has his own private accounting firm that he works at with, you know, three other guys. Uh, there are guys in our on our department that are lawyers, become lawyers. There are guys that, you know, are contractors, guys that build houses, guys that are painters. Guy, you know, it's really everything, mechanics, and. Uh, Early on when I was in group, I was working, like I said, I worked in the school. I was working, you know, two 24-hour shifts a week in the firehouse. And then, you know, when I was, I was off Monday through Friday, I would go and work back at the school, you know, substitute teaching, just being with the kids and stuff like that, just because that's that's work I, I, I didn't even see as work. It's just stuff that I liked and I enjoyed doing. And I didn't want to give that up. And now I'm at a point, I work in a, I actually work Monday through Friday at a, it's a, the fire prevention bureau. So it's a different uh, like Avenue within our, within our job and a lot to do with, you know, inspections, testing and uh, like public education. And I've noticed, you know, I've kind of been able to combine the two and work in a lot of pop, like pub, details by bringing rigs there you know working with the kids it's basically like i'm teaching in the classroom again and just doing it from a different avenue and that's when i that's how i've kind of you know brought those two things that something that i was kind of i wouldn't say born into but uh definitely pushed towards and and uh something that i had knowledge of and something that i really did love and still do love and i still plan to do both going forward uh any way i can uh working and the fire prevention bureau has uh, kind of sh shed light on there's more to the uh, fire department than putting out fires. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, it, it's, it's, it's more than just doing that job and uh, at coming in, you know, that's the thing that everyone wants to like, I'm thinking, all right, yeah, we're going to, you know, I want to put the, the wet stuff on the red stuff, you know, go in, put out fires, go back, you know, that's, that's almost like you just the cool thing, but it's, the job is a lot more than that. And uh, I'm seeing that from working uh, the five day a week schedule that I work now a lot more than I did when I was in group working the two days a week. So uh, that's, it, it's a good, it's good to view the job in, in different aspects. No, that's, that, that's really cool. I, I was thinking, cause you know, those two different parts of, you know, 
I mean, they're, they're not two different parts of your life because they, they directly um, complement one another. I think that's really cool that, you know, um, you're, you're going out and, and, you know, sort of teaching, teaching the kids still and, uh, you know, that they are not only learning really valuable stuff, but they also could be, you know, the firefighters of tomorrow. Um, and, you know, they could be inspired. And, you know, I know definitely from, um, from having these sort of days in school where, you know, we'd have people uh, from the emergency services um, kind of come over, do demonstrations. Uh, we'd have uh, fire trucks in the, in the school uh, playground. We'd have ambulances and we would actually, you know, learn all about it and we'd learn, we'd learn safety as well. And I think that's, you know, obviously really important. Um, so I think it's really cool that, you know, you're able to like sort of combine those two things that, I mean, you're obviously passionate about it as well. Um, but, um, you know, if, uh, if there was one route you think you could possibly go in the future, would it be more towards training within the fire department or would it be more towards training kind of the younger generation of, you know, kids and, uh, you know, with their own sort of understanding of, of safety and, you know, looking out for another, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think, you know, people, people really don't view like safety, like until they're in danger, which is almost like backwards, if you think about it. And, you know, even a, the, a room you walk into, like now my mind kind of works different. A, a, a classroom I walk into the other day, uh, yesterday, a matter of fact, you know, I'm looking, all right, there's exit, there's an exit, there's an exit, they're not blocked. You know what I mean? Like, that's just like something that, yeah. that's what anyone, any line of work, they, they, you know, become unconscious to these certain things. And that's like the way I've walked, like worked, my mind works now. And when I will go in anywhere and, uh, you know, is the, I walk into a place, the fire alarm, is it working? Is it on? Because a lot of places, you know, they don't have a, a fire prevention unit and those things fall behind, you know, whether it's in a, in a school, well, schools, our schools are, they receive funding from the state, the public schools, so they have to have inspections done, but uh, private schools, and even if it's just a, a, a bigger building, a, a commercial building or residential, you know, they, it's, it's money to keep, the, keep up on those things. They, there's testing that has to be done yearly, and, you know, sometimes they fall behind on that, and it, it's really bad when, you know, when you, when you think, oh, yeah, we, a, a sprinkler system is going to work. And something happens. Oh, why did it? You know, sprinklers put out. If if you have a sprinkler system working, it's going to put out ninety percent of the fires that, you know, before we even get there. It's it's really does the job. But, you know, it's up to us to make sure these places keep up on it. And there was actually just a fire. Uh, I would say about twenty minutes north of us, uh, in uh, Spring Valley, where a firefighter actually they lost one firefighter. He died. Um, and it was a big, big new thing on the news because it was a nursing home that started as a small fire in one room and didn't have, it, its sprinkler system didn't work. You know, it had a sprinkler system, but it didn't work because, you know, it's a smaller town that received less funding and uh, they don't have the, the personnel to go check those things. It's up to the people that own the property. And there's a lot of negligence in that. And, uh, Back what you were saying, just going backwards a little bit, where you're saying about when you were younger, you know, getting on, 
you know, whether they had like the fire trucks or the police officers or EMS come to your school, you know, that's like your first, your real first uh, knowledge of what those people are like. And uh, I think a big thing with public safety now is uh, like public relations and, you know, getting out and showing that, you know, we're not like out to, you know, firefighters kind of have a better stigma than uh, police officer stuff, but we're not, we're, we're, we're trying to help situations, you know, yeah, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it, but a lot of times EMS and fire get, you know, we show up to a scene and people don't want us there. You know what I mean? Like they're, they they realize they have to either like pay a fine or they're going to get, you know, something's going to happen where, uh, you know, they're yelling at us. They're why are you coming in my building at 2 AM? You know, the people that live there, that, you know what I mean? They don't want to leave. Really? It's, 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 it's kind of crazy, but it's stuff that happens. And, you know, just by getting to the kids at the earliest ages, listen, this mm. is who we are. You know, we're here to help you. We're here. This is what we look like. So don't be afraid of us, you know, in our gear, this yeah. is what, this is what's, this is an engine. This is what the engine does. This is a, a, a ambulance. This is where if something happens, these are the people that you can go to get help. You know what I mean? No, because children really only they associate with, you know, pictures and something happens. They're going to know they're going to see red. They're going to say they're going to think fire truck. All right. Mm. So, you know, safety. Mm-hmm. They're going to think they see lights. They think, all right, something's coming to help, you know, and yeah, it's just that general awareness. Yeah. And that's a bit that's that's a huge thing when why we do a lot of pub public education details and why we're big into all the schools we have in White Plains. We have about. I want to say there are about seven or eight public schools and about five private schools just in White Plains, you know, and yeah. some of them have, have a language barrier. Uh, we have a German school, you know, I, I don't know if we have anyone on the department that even speaks German, but we're going there <laughs> yeah. in about two weeks, you know, just because even if there's a, that wall of communication, you know, just for them to see, you know, if there's a situation there, just for them to see, you know, this is what we look like. This is the, this is the fire truck pulling up and yeah, totally. this is what, what it's going to be like in case, you know, fire alarm. Fire, that's why schools do all this stuff. Yeah. Familiar familiarity. I think, you know, getting comfortable with, uh, you know, with, with recognizing these, these like really simple signs. And yeah, to me, that seems crazy that, um, you know, people would uh, uh, not be welcoming to you when you're sort of at the scene of a, incident uh i mean some people i mean i know it's not that perhaps that widespread but that just seems crazy to me that people would you know be almost you know turning you away at that point for like you know pointing out the uh you know flaws perhaps and you know not following regulations or or keeping up to date with the the safety it just just seems so bizarre to me that there are still you know people like that who have that sort of level of ignorance seems quite yeah just seems very ignorant yeah, Chris, you'd be surprised. People, I worked at a gym and the fire alarm would occasionally go off and we'd have to clear the building and people refused to get off machines and stuff until the fire department came with their axes. And so it's just, it's just a little bit of an inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, 20 minutes into my people, workout, like, why is there a fire? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, people, people don't want to be, yeah, yeah, people don't want inconvenience. You know, we got a mall, uh, 
the Westchester Mall, I know it's a, it's a real high end mall and these people are shopping at, you know, Gucci and Prada and the fire alarm's going off and we walk in there and there's like mm. black smoke from, uh, it was just the, uh, the motor for drawing a blank, the stairs that move. Escalator. Oh, escalator, sir. <laughs> yeah, the escalator. Sorry, I was drawing a blank there. You know, the motor blew out. So there's black smoke everywhere. And these people are just, instead of clearing the area, just, you know, walking around, still shopping. Meanwhile, you don't know, you, you know what you're breathing in when you, you know, when you're, when you're in that environment, but they, you know, they don't care. Yeah. They, they just... I, I shouldn't laugh, but it does seem funny. You know, people are there. Just, oh no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here for the sales. Could you imagine Black Friday? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> oh, what an inconvenience. Like there's, there's smoke. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> yeah. And then to go into like uh, residential neighborhoods and stuff like that, it's mm. just, it's it's really people don't know but it's amazing what you see you know we had a one situation where an apartment building they had there's an apartment building that went up and they wanted to create uh tyler would know this it's like like a brooklyn-esque vibe to the apartment building so you know that that kind of makes sense now you know what i'm talking about you know they made like a bocce court in the bit in the basement uh you know, they wanted like a cool hangout area for all its tenants. And uh, in doing so, they cut the, it's called a standpipe. The standpipe connection is what we use to, if there's a situation, we connect our engine to, and that's where the water flows from hydrant to the engine. Engine gives it to the, to the building through that connection. You'll see those outside if you're ever looking at buildings. And uh, he cut right the pipe on the inside so literally if there's a situation you know he wanted to put a, a foosball table and he cuts he had a, a builder come in and just cut the pipe out so like if there was an inch, a situation in that building we're hooking up the water and the water is just dumping into the basement mm-hmm. instead of you know it's supposed to go into a, a system that brings it up to the seventh eighth ninth floor and these guys you know people just oh don't know God. and that's why that's why like in it's our department we go around and we check buildings and we do inspections to make sure that they're, that these things aren't going on. Cause what they see, might see as, Oh, this might bring in more, uh, you know, more tenants for us. It might give, you know, a, a nice hangout area, you know, but no, that room before that was a fire pump room. Like you can't just get rid of that just to, you know, create something that people might enjoy. Yeah. Like you could, you gotta, work with the building department and the fire department when certain situations like that. So, so to bring it back. So when you were 24 um, and I know your, you know, your dad and a lot of your cousins, et cetera, know about the fire and you probably had more inside knowledge than you know a normal person who didn't uh, have family that worked in the fire department. Is there anything that when you were on the first day of the job or the first year or whatever it may be, that you thought was one way, but wasn't, or that was one way that changed? Is there anything that you had in your mind before you actually got the job that was or was not? Being on the job, I could tell you like, you know, my my father also worked in White Plains for about 10 years, and then he actually got a, a job in Stanford and started working for that fire department. But coming in, he was there before me and my grandfather was there because I walk in you know, knowing some things, but every guy I work with that's older, oh, you're his son. 
So, you know what I mean? Like they have like a, like, Oh, this is how you're going to be. You're either going to be, we already know you as a good, you're a good guy to work with or you, you know, we might not like you something like that. And uh, I didn't think there was going to be as much of it, but uh, you know, you really do build in the Academy when you have trainers, uh, these guys training you in evolutions out in the field and uh, in the classroom, you really kind of do build a, like your person. It gets back to, but when you get into the firehouse, it's like everyone already knows you. You know what I mean? And and that's, that's yeah, some guy, like I never, you know, I hear about new guys getting hired all the time and, oh, this hat's how this guy is. That's This is how that guy is. This guy's a hard worker. This guy doesn't work as hard. But you really just, a big thing, you know, you hear is let you create opinion of everyone you work with. And that's it. That I am sure is in every line of work, even with what you guys do. And, you know, it's that, that is a, a major thing. Cause you'll hear one, how one guy is in the Academy or how one guy is, uh, he's not that hard of a worker. He's a little lazy. He doesn't like to do this. He doesn't like to do that. He gets himself in trouble talking too much, you know, and, but you just gotta, there's, an, there's Academy gossip that makes its way up all the way to the, Oh my story. God. There's so, <laughs> there's so much gossip. It's like, it's like I'm watching a, they should create a reality TV show with the with the fire department. I'm telling you, because what what happens? It'd be like uh, at, I don't know, one of those shows. That's the one thing they haven't done yet. So yeah, maybe there's an idea in that. Yeah, oh my god! All these guys do is watch reality TV at the firehouse too. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if uh, one thing we've asked everyone who's come on the podcast so far is um you know obviously you, you're a few years into your career you've done your training um you know where you are now but perhaps if you're looking back let's say eight to ten years ago um to when you're sort of in high school age if they're if you're starting again let's say from from zero how would you go about getting into the fire department at that age what was the sort of roadmap that you'd go okay this is definitely the one thing i'd do first is there anything that you do differently to what you already did so if i was starting at like day starting at zero i mean yeah, one thing one. i major learned like throughout the whole process is you know i, I think I, I heard someone say once but like you you really are the people you surround yourself with and uh one of growing up one of our friends two of our good close friends you know I work with the fire department you know for years we tried to get the tie why don't you take the test you know because he was he was a better athlete than all of us you know you would have got you know probably had no problem doing it to be honest but it's really you got to find what uh what you're passionate about and uh, you know if I'm starting from zero it's really find the people that are doing it are doing whatever you want to do are going learning the same process as you and i would not cling on to them but become friends with them you know see see the process in the making i wouldn't say it goes faster but like it gets the ball rolling you know like if you want to go into a guy i work with right now is uh actually getting his and his uh master's in public administration and I've been trying to, you know, want to go back to school for a little while. And I've been thinking, 
And when I, I, I didn't know what avenue to, I really wanted to go in. Cause you know, school's expensive. You want to put your money where yeah. you're going to get performance, you know, you're where, where it's going to thank you back in the end. And, uh, he kind of told me his avenue, what he, what his thought process was behind, you know, a, pub, a, a public administration degree with the fire service. And looking into that, I was, you know, I liked what I was hearing and stuff. So, you know, I work with them, you know, I asked them questions and it's something that I've been thinking about uh, pursuing, you know, uh, in the next year or two, but, you know, stuff doesn't happen overnight. So I'm still looking at different avenues and different situations but it's really just surround yourself with the people that that want the same thing as you just from viewing i don't know a lot about soccer but you guys definitely do know more but like professional sports or professional athletes you think like this is like the cream of the crop you know what i mean this is the mm. this is the performance athletes in the world yeah. and, and i don't know if it's like in, i don't know if there's anyone in soccer but like you'll see like two two or three brothers sometimes at the same time playing in a professional line of work. And obviously yeah. some of the, some of it is, is given talent, but like, no, they're around that every day. They're around that, the, what it takes to get there every single day. And that's why, you know, they're at that level, you know, and I bet you, I don't know if there's anyone in soccer or that is like that, but uh, even, I feel like that happens in, in any aspect of life. Uh, even with like, you know, government and presidents. I was having this talk the other day with one of my friends and uh, at work, like out of all the people in the U S like you had George Bush senior and then his son became, you know what I mean? His son became president, like all the people that could have had this job. Like, no, there's a, yeah. he was around that. There was like, there was a clear, there are clear steps you need to take in any line of work or any Avenue that you want to pursue that will get you to where you want to be if you chip away at them, if you have a passion for it, if you, you know, pursue it little by little every day. And that's, uh, you know, what I've learned. I've actually started doing uh, in the mornings, usually every morning, I was getting on myself about having like some lazy days, you know, being kind of uh, content with what's going on. So, you know, every morning I usually just write down on a notepad, just one thing I want to get done that day. And it could be something that could take 10 minutes. It could be something that could take an hour, two hours, but just over time, it just really does chip away, you know, towards your end goal. And that's, that's something I've been doing. I did it today. That's, uh, and you know, uh, any line of work you can do that. And I'm sure you guys, same exact process. Was it the podcast? The one that you want to do today? Is that easy? What was what? What's was it the podcast that you wanted to do today? Uh, that's definitely on the list. Uh, I'd have to look at it. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little far away. I, I don't really remember what I put as what, what needed to get done today for running on your work. peloton. Yeah. Yeah. Felt on that, that thing. What's been the highlight of your career so far? It's like the one thing you look back on, you go, that was really cool or we did an amazing job with that at a scene i would say there was about three years ago we had a a, a massive like structure fire no one was hurt but uh the, when we pulled up the the house was fully involved and that means that you know every window fire shooting out every window and uh i would say when it comes to an aspect of like 
doing the job. That was probably the coolest. And I know that's someone's worst day because their, their house is, you know, up in flames, but those, you know, six, seven hours that we were there were to me like awesome. You know, they, I had my Lieutenant taking me all through everything I learned in the Academy and, you know, putting them to work at an actual scene, you know, cause at that point, when a house is so, when you show up and the house is fully involved, really, we call it like surround and drown. You're really setting up all the engines, setting up trucks, and you're just dumping loads of, of water onto the fire. And you can't really, it's, you can't, it's about salvaging as much of the property as you can. So they had me like up on the roof, you know, cutting holes uh, to, so, cause it'll go where the oxygen goes. So, you know, you're trying to get the fire to a certain point and then go up instead of progress into the rest of the house. Uh, you know, I was in the back of the house uh, with the nozzles shooting water and just, they were, my Lieutenant was teaching me, you know, this is what you learned in the Academy in a little birdhouse about how fire behavior is, but this is actually a house and this is how, you know, fire, fire works and where it goes. So, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's really like, the, yeah, the training, you know, module to like actual, what's happening and uh i would say outside of actually working at a job it was probably just graduating the academy um you do have a lot some guys that go in and give up and you do really create a brotherhood with the guys that are there uh and it's sad thankfully in our group we didn't have anyone that uh didn't make it mm. uh nice. which is really cool and there's actually a video on youtube you know it's <laughs> at the end of every academy they put a little video together and it shows you like you know what we do what the days are like and that was really cool and uh definitely graduating the academy just because i mean uh you get satis a certain satisfaction from it and it's you know like any like any type of graduation you know your family's there it's like setting you up for your yeah. career what you're going to go into at that point i had no idea that i would go into you know the prevention side of things I'm in now and public pub, public education I'm in now and uh, kind of a duration type role, you know, working with you know, uh, computer scheduling and all that stuff a lot. But uh, it's just, you, know, you don't know where your career is going to take you. And I would say at that point, it's like all the gates are open you know, you're getting, you're, everyone's congratulating you and you're just like ready to, you know, get, in, get involved into the work that you put, put time in for, you know, you wait a couple of years for it and uh, you do the best you can. And in 20, 25 years, usually you're a lot of guys like that's the, uh, the, that's the amount of time you need to have to retire and, you know, get like a pension and keep your health benefits and everything. So a lot of times they, yeah. They put, you put your 20, 25 years in, you retire and it's someone else's next, you know, you're giving that position to someone else, another young guy who's ready to do that, you know, ready to, to hit, you know, the fire in him is lit and he's ready to go in and do, you know, whatever yeah. he can do. So that's, that's like a good thing. And that's what I see it as too, you know, uh, career wise, I see myself doing, you know, 20, 25 years and then, you know, pursuing another whatever I'm passionate about at that point, you know, you only have so much time when you can do 
certain things and, you know, doing one thing for 50 years or something. I just don't see myself doing that. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, there are guys that do. I still have your uh, graduation videos on my phone. Brings a tear to my eye every time I watch them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are good. They're on YouTube. You can still find them. If you just like, I think you uh, search Westchester Fire Academy uh, 117. And I think Connor, who's our good friend, is 114. I'm not sure though, but you could see it. You could see kind of what the uh, the training is like. And that's, I think that's cool too for the public to see that because it shows you, you know, do you want to go through this, what it takes, you know, anytime you have more knowledge going into something, you're a step ahead, so. Sure. That's awesome. Thanks, yeah, we'll actually link that. I think that'd be a good idea to pop that in the uh, notes. We'll link it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we just talked about um, graduating and, you know, you mentioned at that point, uh, you know, you're not really sure what's gonna happen over the next few years, but now that you've had that in hindsight, you've, you've done all these extra things that you didn't know that you, have done what what do you think is uh, coming up next for you you said obviously you'd love to stick this out for 25 years and you know um maybe perhaps do something else but what what's happening for you over the next couple of years what do you have to look forward to obviously post pandemic and all the rest of it <laughs> yeah uh really just continuing education um another thing they they uh they offer so many classes for us uh in the fire service, you know, and they're, they're paid for classes. So it's just like, why, you know, there's nothing stopping you from taking as many as you can. And there's a, about a month ago, I took a class and the guy said at the end of it, you know, don't let, don't let the job or don't let school or anything get in the way of your education. He's like, you know, cause your education for everyone is, is never ending. You know, it's going forward. So, yeah. really, I just want to keep taking, yeah, taking class, taking classes. You know, keep my mind open to any any avenue. There's avenues that I don't know about right now. That you know, in five years, if we do, uh, if you got, hopefully, you guys are still doing this podcast. You know, you got some sponsors on there, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, you bring me back, and then it's you know, I something totally different than yeah, yeah, we'll have what I'm back doing on. now. Yeah. Yeah, Five years that I didn't even know about. <laughs> that'd be that'd be cool. cool. And I think you know, doing uh the next avenue. I feel like for obviously for everything is like social media is so big that you know it'd be good to get. And there are accounts for the fire department and public safety in general, police, EMS, that uh, people can go to and see. You know, this is what you need to do. X Y Z. This is the people. You know, this is how you can knowledge that you can surround yourself with going forward to all different parts of the fire department in general. Hi there, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. There's plenty more episodes of On The Rise to come, so be sure to follow Giggle on all of our social media platforms and we'll see you next week.